Welcome everyone to this episode of Palmetto Guardian. Today we will be speaking with Lisa Mustard with the South Carolina National Guard Behavioral Health Department. Um, we'll also be speaking about Father's Day and also some other topics that you'll just have to stay tuned and listen to. Welcome everyone, I'm Specialist Chelsea Baker. And I'm Specialist David Erskine. So, like last episode, we're gonna start out with some shout outs, because we have a lot going on this month. So, on the 14th is the, um, gonna be Flag Day. Flag Day, yep. Um, it's a big day, actually. Yeah. People don't realize it. No. But I, it's a holiday that's, since it's not recognized, I feel like it gets kind of missed. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> But it's got a long heritage. Like, I mean, it's not something that they just came up with because they were bored and like, you know, let's have a flag day. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it dates, you know, way back, uh, you know, Betsy Ross and, mm -hmm. and that whole time frame of the, the creation of the flag and the whole nine yards. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a heritage holiday mm -hmm. is really what it is. And yeah. I think people forget that. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So we like to give a shout out for that. So hopefully yeah. people recognize it. Yeah, take notice. Right? Hang your flags up. <laughs> Fly them on your trucks. That's yeah. what we do in the South. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> also, this month we have the quartermaster's birthdays on the 16th, as well as the Corps of the Engineers. So happy birthday to... Happy birthday. <laughs> and then also on the 16th is Father's Day. Happy any... Father's Day. Yeah. You have any exciting plans with your family on Father's Day or anything? Hopefully kind of they'll just leave me alone. <laughs> Then it'll be you a good don't mean that. No, I do mean that. <laughs> it'll be a good spot. It's my day, you know. I um I uh, I plan to sit on the couch and eat bonbons and oh. and watch bad football or football. Football hasn't even started yet. Well, the preseason stuff's already started. You know, ESPN's covering all the predictions and oh, yeah. and you know all that and who's going where and who's going to get traded, what records are going to be broke this year. So. You know, I might take Father's Day just sit and eat bonbons and catch up on some pre preseason stat stuff for football. Was there anything that you requested? No, you know what? Day? Um, I'm I'm pretty, in all honesty, you know, all joking aside, I, I'm I'm pretty chill on Father's Day. Um, I like just kind of hanging out in the house with everybody. Um, I like to keep it a low key day. Um, hang out, maybe do you know a little bit of grilling or something like that. You know, nothing, nothing. I guess two over the yeah. top and uh, get out and try to go eat dinner somewhere or anything like that. You know, just, just kind of hang out with the family, 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 the family. Um, that's kind of like film and family. Yeah. That's a family. Oh, um, but so the fam filming the family? I'm filming the family. Um, but no, just, just, just the family. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe have like a movie, movie day or whatever, you know, throwing a marathon of, you know, whatever, some bad sci-fi so I can hear my wife complain at me that I've seen this movie 3,000 times and why am I watching it again? And really the only reason I'm watching it anymore is just to hear her say <laughs> to aggravate her. that I've watched it 3,000. And since it's your day, you can do whatever and you want. And I can want. do. I'm, I'm king of the castle for a day. <laughs> Full advantage of it. It's all me, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's how we go. You know, obviously – uh give my my dad a call my stepdad yeah. you know too sometimes people forget that you know father's days for stepdads too um so yeah you know give my stepdad a call and or send him a text and have like a three second conversation with him because that's how our conversations go hi what you need nothing all right <laughs> okay, good. happy father's day <laughs> all right talk to you later outstanding all right so you isn't know, it funny like do you have those relatives where when you call like it's not that you dread it, but it's like you got to map out a day to talk to them because you know that they're just going to go on and on. And then there's other relatives that you can just call and you literally talk for five minutes and you've caught up on everything. Uh, that's every day. <laughs> every day. Every day. If it was up to my mother, I would stay on the phone with her from the time I got off of work until the time I went to bed at night. Matter of fact, if I would just move back in the house with her, I think she would be 100% okay. Because she could just talk to you. All. She just, yeah, she she just she just talks to me about stuff. Well, but. that wouldn't work out with you and your whole gaming and everything. Yeah, that's right. No, <laughs> I, um, I I am the opposite person in that situation. I I can have a conversation, say three words, and be done mm -hmm. on the phone. 
and my, my wife gets mad at me. She goes, you're saying all right a lot. And I'm like, I'm trying to get off the phone with you nicely. <laughs> it's a cue. <laughs> you're like, you know what the all rights mean. I've, I've said six of them in a row, and you're still talking to me about something, and I just, I just want to get off the phone. Um, yeah, I'm not a big phone, phone talker person. Yeah. You, you couldn't tell by this podcast that I don't know. Like, you talk, talk a lot. I talk a lot on the podcast. <laughs> but a phone call? No, not so much. Um, yeah, I just, I, uh-huh, mm-hmm my way through conversations i'm that person i'm such but do you a, actually listen that's that's the question i listen enough in case i get busted and go what did you i just say and i go i can muster enough of it back and um, be like and then oh okay all right you're listening i, I and really you weren't i wasn't really paying attention <laughs> I, was just, I was making notes just enough that in case i got questioned i would have something to I say i wish i had that skill I, I have a terrible memory i couldn't sit there and just plug things into my brain and then spit them out later like it, i would fail ethically <laughs> I, I use keyword association oh, okay. and like they said something about work yeah you were talking about work and how bad it was because i just assume that that's what people yeah. are talking to you and it's 50 50 shot at that point and then they go no i didn't i was telling you i got a raise today oh yeah congratulations that's awesome i'm glad you got a raise <laughs> <laughs> right i mean what do you what do you do with it oh, um man. no no it, I, you mentioned I am I am a gamer. Oh, I'm an I'm an old man gamer. I you know it's rough. I never got into it. I did. I got into it when I was younger, and I yeah. I competed um, back in the day in tournaments and and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. I just I, you know who I really blame for. Who I blame my aunt. Okay, um, what did your aunt my do? aunt um, passed away um, several years ago. She was awesome, super smart lady, and uh, she taught herself computers. Oh, wow. Uh, she she actually worked. She was a hairdresser. She oh. she had the backyard hairdressing spot, <laughs> right? Like the true Southern, like yeah. go back to the garage that's been converted type thing. Awesome <laughs> lady, though. Super smart. And uh, she uh, she taught herself computers. She actually worked for West Columbia Police Department. Oh, wow. And uh, no formal training. She taught herself. Anyway, she gave me my first Commodore 64 when I was... Young. That's way before my time. I don't even know what that is. Young. Uh, us old folks out there, we know what the 64 <laughs> is. Us old gamers. Uh, uh, what we call gray beards, as it is in the gaming world. Um, and and I just I fell in love with computers. And, you know, Pong was one of the first things I played. And then I got Ataris. And I remember playing Jungle Hunt. And me and my mm-hmm. cousin played. And it just progressed, you know, over the years. And it's kind of weird. Uh, I, I got to watch gaming go from something that was, uh, and for people who are not watching on YouTube, I'm doing the air quotes right now. It was a nerd <laughs> thing. Um, to it's, it's super mainstream, and there's yeah. there esports out there now, and it's you know big companies are involved in and uh, you know sponsoring these teams and stuff. As a matter of fact, uh, E3. Um, all my all my gamer folks and as i said e3 knew exactly what i was talking about for those who don't um e3 is like a big uh, expo of all the upcoming games mm-hmm. uh, all the big gaming companies come out and they they tease their upcoming games and trailers and so that's been going on and i've been i've been all over that for the last week or so you know tracking it on youtube and you know geeking out over <laughs> the games coming soon and I, it's just it's just awesome it's yeah. awesome and uh yeah that was a little bit of tangent it's a little bit of tangent but yeah gaming uh you know what makes it relevant to the military though and this is something we've noticed and we actually covered a story on it uh not too long ago with some of the folks using robots and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and the the younger generation of folks have a lot of them have grown up you know operating computers um gaming using joysticks controls and a lot of our stuff are going to these you know these drone Mm-hmm. type stuff air force army uh you know bomb squads obviously and you know it's kind of an untapped resource out there for the military and it's hard for older folks and when i say older folks that includes you know my age group and stuff um both my sons are in robotics i could i that just didn't exist when i was in school mm-hmm. you know and i i was listening to them have a conversation they understood servos and all this type of stuff so there's this weird untapped resource out there for the military and, and we're starting to see it come in and i, I think um some of the jobs that the the military has guard army air reserve kind of across the board um has a lot of these tech jobs yeah 
Definitely. I mean, I I don't think I could manage in the tech world just because of the terminology and all the stuff that goes into it. And my brain would probably just explode with all the information. So, I mean, I can only imagine for other people that don't have an understanding of it either. Yeah. And, and it's a great opportunity for these kids, that, you know, uh, and young adults uh, that want to do these types of things. And, you know, a little bit of a stigma about the military that we're just tanks and, yeah. you know, rifles and, you know, medics. Know how to shoot yeah. and all that. But, I mean, there really are some next-level uh, tech-related jobs. I mean, you got, you got cyber, you got drone stuff, um, you got, you know, our, our engineering fields, as we mentioned, the engineering corps earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are highly technical jobs in, in that area. And some of it's, you know, heavy construction and stuff like that in the engineering, but... I'm telling you, if you've never operated heavy machinery, that junk's hard. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not just, a, oh, I'm going to jump in this, you know, road scraper and run it down the road and have a clue what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, no, that's not how it works. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff out there and there's science and cyber and and all that in in the military nowadays and it's it's good opportunity for younger folks and even older folks out there that want to get involved in it yeah it's a good thing it's a good thing yeah the not the world is not just evolving but the military is evolving and people are trying to learn how to transition and do things differently and whenever you've gone so long doing it this way and then you have people coming in saying we should do it this way and Things don't always mesh together, so, I mean, with time comes to evolve. Yeah. Uh, you know, even our career field is a good example of that. Oh, Public, my gosh, Oh, my yes. Lord. You Everything t- changes all the Like, on a day-to-day basis, things are changing. Yeah, I mean, I've seen more change in public affairs, and when I say public affairs, I'm talking about more of the tech technical aspect of it, but even just the bare-bones basics of the job. You know, 10 years ago, uh, social media was big, but now social media is everything. Yeah. If you uh, don't have social media presence, I mean. And, and you have to learn and adapt. That's a whole different mm-hmm. writing style. It's a whole different style of shooting videos, of doing photos. Mm-hmm. Not only, you know, just the basic format of our job, moving away from, you know, print, mm-hmm. um, you know, writing stuff for print and things like that, or just doing basic B-roll, what we call B-roll, stuff that you'd see on, like, news stations and stuff like that but all that's changed and along with all that all the technology's changed Mm -hmm. i mean in my lifetime right now i've seen it go from from 35 millimeter film Mm -hmm. to uh, you know crop sensor digital dslr cameras to full frame dslr cameras to uh crop sensor mirrorless cameras to full frame mirrorless cameras and i mean i really you know I haven't been around too terribly long. <laughs> I mean, a little while, but I mean, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of change and a lot of learning curve, you know? In a short amount of time too. I mean, every day we, me and you are having to look at something different. Mm-hmm. You know, it, something, something's changed. Uh, the cameras are changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just in the last few years, we've gone from shooting 720 in video mm-hmm. to 1080 to 2K, to 4K, and now 6 and 8K are on the horizon, and we're doing downsampling. And for people who are, you know, not <laughs> video and photo geeks, but this, it changes the dynamics of how we do the job and the yep. quality of, you know, video. Products, yep. And then stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, we would have never thought about sitting down and doing a podcast. No. I mean, we kind of did. We gave an attempt at it. It wasn't very good. Um, <laughs> round two. Round Make two. Much better. Um <laughs> But Almost we, to your 1.3 million views. One point. We're rounding up. I'm rounding <laughs> from up. 96. I'm rounding up from 96 <laughs> views to 1.2 million. So we need 100, 100 more thousand <laughs> to get to where I want. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's changed. It, yeah. all, all of it's changing. Going from, I mean, our, I mean, our parents growing up and grandparents listening to the radio and now the radio is still big, but it's kind of becoming obsolete. Like, I mean, it's everything is visual, YouTube, and I mean, all the different social media platforms. And it's just, it's crazy how things are changing. But also, in a way, we're kind of going back in history because we're using the same tools. We're just making them 
and better and finding new ways to use them. Yeah, I mean, we're improving. I mean, even uh, for the enlisted side with uh, public affairs, I mean, our, our MOS just changed recently mm -hmm. that, you know, there's no more photographer and videographer. You know, we've been merged into one career field. So, I mean, you know, even with that, and, and I think that that's happened, you know, it's not just us. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's the there's other career fields and, and you know things like that, that that's happened to as this the, the tech gets interjected into the military. You know, we've we've got to spin up an update. I mean, I've seen several just new MOSs pop up. You know, in the last five or six years, you know, uh, everything from uh, more computer related stuff. There was, I mean, a whole cyber world was stood up. You know, yeah. with the defenders and and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, military is constantly adapting. Wow, we went from video games to cyber. Look at that. That, was, that was awesome, job. <laughs> um, that was a professional. You never know what's going to come out of this <laughs> yeah, conversation. No. no. <laughs> but you know that. And once again, you know, back to the game things. Uh, we're using simulators for training. Yeah. The the was it the ES, EST EST um, the rollovers and um, and the laser shot system mm -hmm. and all that for people for. for if y'all haven't used those yet, those are to help get you prepared to go for qualification, firing qualification. I mean, it's a big video game. Yeah, pretty, that's basically what it is. And it's cool because uh, it's it's exactly like a video game. Like, when I was an MP, we would go in and there would be simulations for different scenarios. So, like, a domestic violence, and you would have to react. And then, depending on how you reacted, was the outcome. And then you would have to say, justify why you did this or that. And they would explain to you that you should have did this instead, or it's, it's a teaching tool that's really beneficial because you can sit in a classroom and watch a presentation and you can have somebody read you from the book and you do it this way and this is what you do if this happens, but until you're in a real life scenario, you you really don't know how you're gonna react and, and on the fly and all that kind of stuff, so technology has just come such a long way in helping us with our training. Yeah, and, and that's good, it makes it more efficient. Mm -hmm. It makes it more realistic. Exactly. Makes you better prepared for your job. Mm -hmm. You know, falls under our, you know, being being ready. Always ready. Always ready, always there. <laughs> um, which is good. I mean, it's good. It's it's good to see that, you know, the military is incorporating those type of things and moving forward. And it's it's nice to see that the younger generation, you know, have job options that they're familiar with to come in the military so that we can, you know, like I said, tap into that resource. Mm-hmm which is always good. Um, any other shout-outs we got over there? Or did we hit all the shout-outs? No, outs? we hit all the shout-outs. Oh, okay, we hit all that. <laughs> I went way back in the conversation. <laughs> I felt like there was another one somewhere. <laughs> Father's Day was obviously the last one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff going on this month. Yeah. It's just a busy month. Summer's always busy, and so... You know, we had the safety stuff. We had annual training. Yeah, the safety event, it was pretty, they had a pretty good turnout. Yeah. It was a little bit different than last year, but they still had a lot of the same resources, a lot of good giveaways. So I hope everybody was able to get out and experience that. Um, I was talking to John with, at the museum, and he said that they had over 3,000 people at the D-Day event. So that's Yeah, that was huge. huge. That was huge, yeah. Um, Especially with the weather, because he said it held out um, until after the event, which was awesome, because... I even saw some of the other organizations around Columbia um, sending out posts from the event on their Facebook sites and stuff like that. So that was that was really nice. That was really nice, and I'm glad I'm glad they had a good turnout. Um, I saw some of the pictures. I wasn't able to make it up here that day, but uh, I was I was elsewhere in the yeah, state. You, you were covering some. I was some covering pretty cool stuff. I was covering a tactical convoy yeah. uh, with the first of the 151st ARB. Um, the, Super good group of guys while I was out there, and, and girls. Um, um, and I, I tell you what, like, they were moving some equipment and stuff. Like, I, I've i done a couple convoys in my career, mm -hmm. covered, but not a whole lot. Uh, so I'm not overly familiar with them. And, and went out there, and, I mean, they were obviously out there early in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, and they'd had all their vehicles loaded and ready to go. And I don't know, it was probably – just off the top of my head, it looked like there was probably about 20 or so vehicles out there. And, um, I mean, it, they, were, they were running. They were moving. Yeah. I mean, these these folks were work, working hard out there with that. And then uh, 
It was actually really fun for me because uh, I haven't uh, – the couple times I have been involved in covering convoys, usually it was we were just at one spot and we, we kind of caught them coming in and then that, that was it or leaving out. Um, but I was there and, and was able to move with them and get up ahead of them and get some really – what I thought was some really cool shots mm-hmm. of uh, the vehicles um, maneuvering through the Columbia area and, and things of that nature. And so – um, I'm glad they were able to have me out for it. And I'd like to, I mean, I'd, I'd like to go do it again. It's, it's kind of funny when you go do things like that as, as a videographer or whatnot, you, you go and you, you do it and then you realize after you get done, you're like, Oh, I should have got this shot, oh, I got this <laughs> shot man. This would have looked so cool. And, uh, and, and that's what, you know, that's a, that's part I like about our job. I know we're talking a lot about our job day, but it is it's part of what I really like about our job is I like going out and being able to cover these units while they're while they're working mm-hmm. um, and doing their job. And I like to be able to produce something that when they watch it, they're like, yeah, we look tough. Yeah. You know, we look. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's some of our units and some of the stuff we cover. It's hard to take and make it look interesting because. I mean, a convoy, they're just driving down the road. So what elements can I use and what can I shoot to make this interesting for people to watch? Like, I mean, we've come across it time and time again. So Right. And, and you know, those guys are they're working hard at it and they're having fun at it. And, and they obviously like doing it. And so, you know, I have to go out there and. I need to give them my best mm-hmm. when I go out there. And anything less than that is I'm, I'm shorting them. I'm not shorting me. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair to them. You know, they're putting their time and effort and they're coming in, you know, for drill weekends like we all do. Um, and so when I go out there, I need to I need to try to give them everything I got so that, you know, I want them to be proud of what I produce for them, not mm-hmm. because I produced it, but because it's their jobs. I want them to be able to go home and show it to their wife or their kids or their girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, sister, aunt, whoever, and say, hey, you know, this is what I do on the weekend, you know, and it'd be something that they want to, you know, show off. And I think that helps, you know, that helps build the community and it helps build our, our family here in the guard. And uh, it helps get our story out there of what we do and uh, why we do it. And, uh, you know, it means a lot. You know, we don't think about it all the time, but it means a lot to soldiers to be able to go home and, and show their families, hey, you know, this is this is what I did this weekend, you know. Mm-hmm. And it helps their families understand what they're doing. So yeah. I, I, next time I do it, I got I do have a couple. Okay, I got a couple shots I need to. I need to work in. It was, <laughs> it was, it was afterwards like, gosh, this was too easy. I should have done it and I didn't. So, yeah. Um, you live and you learn. You live and you learn. Uh, that's why it's nice that uh, we have, well, I mean, everybody pretty much, not that they do the same training, but they might um, improve it, find ways to better it. So, I mean, there's always those opportunities for us to get back out and try again. Yeah. See what we can do the next time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's always worth worth going to give it a look see what's what we can do better next time yeah so um today we're gonna have lisa mustard with the south carolina national guard behavioral health department she's going to talk to us a little bit about their department and what they do and their resources to help us yeah for soldiers airmen family family members uh military members that aren't even necessarily part of the south carolina national guard i mean they're they're an all all encompassing service to to help military members and their families. So today we have Lisa Mustard with the South Carolina National Guard Behavioral Health Department. Awesome. Um, so can you explain to us a little bit about what that means? Exactly? Sure. Yeah. So um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Lisa Mustard. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I've worked for the Guard, uh, gosh, about nine years now, and. I'll kind of take it back just a little bit to give you the history of how our program has evolved over the years. But what we do now pretty much is we do um, solution-focused brief therapy. And what that means is if a soldier or family member is having a hard time coping with life or, you know, family issues or relationship issues, just needs somebody to kind of give them some coping skills, stress management, anger management, we come in as a, as a therapist um, and we, we give five to seven to 10 to 12, you know, uh, sessions, depending on the soldier, because you can't really cookie cut and say, it's going to be five sessions mm-hmm. for you, or it's going to be seven. So we really meet the soldiers where they're at in terms of what's going on. Um, 
And if we are in meeting with them, you know, kind of figure out that there's more going on. Like if I'm sitting with you and I'm like, you know, we're talking about marriage and family issues, but all of a sudden you're telling me more about symptoms that sound like PTSD or sound like, you know, um, major depression, then I'm going to kind of assess that for a little bit more. And then I'm going to help you get that higher level of care because our role isn't so much to do long-term treatment. It's more about the short-term solution focused, hey, you've something's going on let's kind of you know kick it around dissect it and figure out what it is that you really need to move forward and live your best life and we have gosh we have counselors now all over the state we have um, in each territory or each service member and family care uh, territory we have (laughs) it's one of those things it's a mouthful to get out but within each um, region we have some type of licensed clinical therapist so I'm a marriage and family therapist by license we have some social workers we have licensed professional counselors and I believe that's everybody's license I just want to make sure I cover everybody the cool thing is that every therapist that we have has to have at least five to seven years of clinical experience under their belt before we will um, bring them onto the team because we recognize that we we deal with a variety of issues at a variety of stages of life, and we really want our therapists to um, to really have that seasoned and experienced, um, you know, caseload that they when they come and work here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of a nutshell what we do, um, and we also pretty much how you. There's a number of ways you can find us. So most uh, most come in. Well, not most. I shouldn't say that. As we have evolved over the years, we have in, uh, included an 800 number that you can talk to a therapist, talk to one of the behavioral health specialists. And how that works is, you know, you call the 800 number, you're prompted by my voice. <laughs> to leave, it's actually me, that's me on the voicemail, to leave a message and one of us will call you back within five to 10 minutes. I think our average return of call rate is somewhere between like, I mean, we're pretty quick. We, it, I mean, the only time it goes over like 10 or 15 minutes is if we're having technical issues that we can't account for. But even then, we have a backup plan as to how to help people. Um, So one of us will call you back depending on whose call. You can call 24-7, 365. Um, And, you know, we've had calls Christmas Eve. We've had calls on Thanksgiving Day. And um, because a lot of the times, you know, when you're with your family Mm -hmm. and you're all together and you haven't seen them in a while, things can get kind of stressful for people and they just need somebody to talk to. So Mm -hmm. you can reach us anytime Um, and that number I'll just say it so people have it is 800-681-2558 and um, anybody can call it you know anybody can call Um, it can be you know National Guard Reserve active duty I mean I've had calls from as far away as Massachusetts from um, a mother who her son was at basic training at Fort Jackson through the Massachusetts National Guard. So I've had all kinds of calls over the years. <laughs> and it's just been really interesting, some of the stuff that we, we have to, you know, kind of follow up on. But um, every, every day is different. Every case is unique. Um, every couple that is in the military is different. So, um, so that's one way you can always reach us. You can also go through your... Um, at, when you're at drill, usually we have one of our um, behavioral health specialists. If they're not at your drill, they're in the region at another drill at another location, and they can come to you on site if you really want to talk to somebody. And if you're not sure how to even do that, you can still call the 800 number and say, hey, I'm drilling at the Hemingway Armory. I'd love to talk to somebody. And it might be somebody in Columbia who is answering the 800 number, but we're going to find, we're going to say, hey, that's going to be um, Rudy, and Rudy, I'll, we'll call Rudy and get him to call you, that kind of thing. And a lot of people wonder about, like, confidentiality. And all I can say is, um, you know, when you call in that number, the only people who hear you and your number are the other therapists. Nobody else hears that. So the only time we ever have to break confidentiality is if a soldier says to us they're going to hurt themselves or somebody else or there's child abuse, child neglect, or um, elder abuse. And, and so when people hear that, they'll say, well, you know, I have, I have had thoughts of hurting myself. Um, that does not mean I'm going to hang up the phone on you and go, well, you know, sorry, too bad, too late, and call your commander. That means I'm going to have a conversation with you about let's, let's really flush that out and tell me a little bit more about, you know, those thoughts and how often you have them. So I'm really going to do a full-on assessment before I do anything and call anybody because sometimes people just when they have thoughts of hurting themselves it's like 
sometimes they just are having a really hard moment and they don't know how to cope and they just need to talk it out. So I don't want people to think like if you call and say you want to hurt yourself that that's an immediate call to you know General Jones or you know General oh, yeah. McCarty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but, no, you definitely you know, don't want that. Yeah. yeah. Soldiers and airmen, they, yeah. they get a little, a little antsy around that. Oh, right? tell me about it. <laughs> tell me about it. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of, too, why people are too hesitant to get help because they think it's going to affect them in their career and everything. So right. to have you explain that, yes. I mean, hopefully that will help people yeah. get the help they need. Yeah, and something that's really cool about our program that a lot of people don't know is we're all civilians. Um, everybody is a civilian, so... If you talk to us in confidentiality, like I said, the only time we break that is if you say you're going to hurt somebody else. But that doesn't mean that you tell me that you're dealing with um, some depressive symptoms that I'm going to call the behavioral health officer and you're going to go on a profile. So we don't, it's not like an automatic, any of that. Now, if I'm talking with you and, you know, you're telling me all this stuff and I'm, I'm learning that there's a lot going on in your life and really right now, is it the best time for you to be on drill because of, there's just a lot and, um, you know, then I'm going to say, maybe we should talk to the behavioral health officer together Mm -hmm. and kind of go to him and say, look, this is what's going on with specialist Baker. You know, let's just have a conversation. It doesn't mean it happens. Mm -hmm. It means you're going to get assessed and you're going to get that care that you need. And people don't know that until they're in our, in our system. And I say system of like, of of our, so a helping system. Um, They just, I know they assume like that, that means they're going to get a profile and then they're not going to do this and then they can't go to schools and then they can't get promoted. And it's, it's so rare that that happens. I mean, it does happen, but it, it's when we, when that soldier is talking with us, they're at a point where they know that they need to kind of get more help and it's time for them to maybe go on profile because it is, it is a bad thing, you know, bad thing as in it's just hard for them to cope and yeah, I mean, it's best, you know, I've, I've had a lot of, um, Prior to me being in public affairs, I was medical yeah. way, way back in the day. Um, but I've had a lot of friends coming through my military career um, that they are suffering with some type of you know, behavioral health, or psychological health issue, and there's just such a stigma oh, yeah. in the military around it. Whether it's, you know, sometimes it even goes more basic than being worried about promotions or going to schools. A lot of times it's just, I'm not soldier enough or I'm not airman enough. And, uh, and that's on both sides, I, I, females, males, it's not just like it's a sure. macho sure. thing. I've, I've met both sides of it. And I, I think y'all's program is a good, I guess, stopgap measure, mm-hmm. for lack of better terms. It gives it a safe place yeah. to go where you don't have to go immediately talk to the doctor. You don't have to go right. talk to the commander. Right. You have this opportunity to get it out and at least bounce it off of somebody to see, is this a problem? Right. Is it not a problem? Um, I, I've had friends that... As soon as they were able to talk to somebody about it, boom, like stuff started getting fixed left yeah. and right. Yeah. And so that's kind of where y'all, sure. y'all sit in the hierarchy of things, I guess. Yeah. Um, in the hierarchy of, tell me more about. Like as oh. far as like y- y'all, are, y'all are that point where soldiers and airmen and any oh. family members can go yeah. to that it's, it's a safe place to right. start the process and find out if you do need Exactly. That's a great way of putting it is just we are that that place where you could come and just say, this is what's going on. You know, tell me what you think. Tell me what I need to do. Um, And sometimes we don't know what's like we don't know what you should do. But because there's a lot of factors going on. So it might take not just one session, but it's going to take three to five to seven Mm -hmm. sessions. And so that's why I say we're short term and we are, you know, solution focused. Mm -hmm. And I think that's I, I think that's great for soldiers because you know, most soldiers I know are problem solvers. You know, they're given a task and they have to fulfill it. And then, so they want to know, like, what's the plan? What's my mission here, Lisa? Like, what do I have to do? Now, I will say it's funny over the years where I've had soldiers that, you know, it's, it's, I think it, it just takes time and it takes trust. And I think that's one of the things that I, I really enjoy about this job is that I've been around like long enough that I see soldiers like where they start and then they come full circle and they grow and they thrive where, you know, a couple years ago they were like, in a bad place or they were really struggling and that could be on so many different areas um and then they come full circle with it and it's so exciting to see people who are thriving in their lives not just surviving and I kind of want to touch on what you said about the idea of um, stigma and a little bit of you know it takes courage to reach out and I don't know about you guys but um 
one of the things I had to learn really quick when I first started working, and when I came into the Guard, my job was called MFLAC, and that stood for Military and Family Life Consultant. And I remember when I first started, I was like, what does that mean? What do I do? And, and the two MFLACs that had been here, they're like, well, just follow us and follow us around, and you'll, you'll get a just, you know, you'll understand. And I was in awe of what they were doing because, like, one minute they were at a Yellow Ribbon event and they were doing, um, you know, a presentation on coping with deployment. And then the next minute they're out in the hallway and they're talking to a spouse whose, whose child is acting out because dad is about to deploy. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. These people are just walking around and talking. But the only reason I could figure this out that these folks were coming to them was because leadership trusted them which meant that the junior leaders trusted them, which meant that the, um, you know, NCOs trusted them. And so they were, I was like, how do you guys, how come they come to you? They're like, oh, give it, give it three to six months and this is going to be you. Like you will be, this is, it just takes time for them to know, like, and trust you. Mm -hmm. And I will say that that's probably the biggest factors for soldiers, anybody really, and who decides to talk to a counselor is you have to feel heard. You have to feel like you trust the person you're talking to and you have to have that hope. And so my point being, when I first started, I was like, oh, I can do this. Like, I'll just walk around and talk to people. But they looked at me like, well, who is, you know, I had to be introduced <laughs> by the current MFLAX and I had to be introduced by leadership and they had to kind of get to know me. And But that's the culture around here. And yeah. I, what I didn't know was that, and I learned really quickly, is that in the military, and you guys are laughing at me, but you know, you guys are taught not to have vulnerability. Like you can't let any vulnerability creep in or else you're, you know, you're, that's your mission. Right. And your mission is just like, you could totally, you know, something bad could happen. Right, you, you fail your mission. Right, but the cool, well, not the cool thing. So the, <laughs> the, the crazy part about that is in, a, is in a therapeutic relationship or in a counseling relationship, soldiers, don't understand that it's okay to be vulnerable because that's a sign of courage. So here you are on one hand learning how not to be vulnerable in your training and then here I am over here asking you to be vulnerable and tell me what's really going on because when we're vulnerable that's where uh, growth can happen but we're afraid because then it's like this crazy I mean so I had to learn how to meet the soldier where they're at and to really understand them in their day-to-day -day and then nicely, <laughs> kindly nudge them to be a little more vulnerable with what was really going on. And that takes time. Not that we're difficult to no, do never, that work at all. Never, <laughs> never. We, we made that change immediately. No, it's like that. I mean, yeah. seriously, Overnight. one session, uh, yeah, yeah. We're 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 you're fine. Like, you're, you're good. Well, we adapt to that fast. I'll tell you, though. Um, yeah, right? No. No, not at all. Not by at all. Any means. Not yeah. at all. No. But it's, it's been really um, fascinating to really understand vulnerability and so I'm very patient I'm a lot more patient now than I was when I first started and um, I have soldiers that are telling me you know I need to go I know I need to go to the VA and they don't and I'm like I just say well I can't make you go you know you need to go and it's like having 10,000 kids sometimes yeah and these are grown men <laughs> like who know that they if it was their kid they would be like you need to go yeah. and these are and I'm like what's holding you back right. but it's it's yeah. just, I think so many people, they know they need to go and want, they're fearful of what they're going to learn about themselves because they know that there's stuff there and, and, and it's scary, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I understand that. And then it's the what if if you can't fix it. Right. That makes it even worse. Yeah. Hey, am I permanently like this? Yeah. You know, am I stuck? Yeah. Thing? And that's, that's a big hurdle to jump sure. sometimes, you know? Yeah. Because, mm -hmm. you know, there is always a possibility that, you know, wherever you're at today is your new baseline. Sure. And then there comes the whole, you know, yeah. learning how to, as you said, living your best life at, at your, you know, your current yeah. state. Right. That's, that's a scary sure. thing to have in front of you. Yeah. yeah. No, I understand that. And there yeah. were a lot of, a lot of soldiers who would be nodding their head right now and say, <laughs> yes. I think, I think sometimes though, I mean, and I'm just kind of like going off the cuff here, but when you say that to me, what that reminds me of is, um, yeah, baseline. This is baseline today, but baseline you see like baseline, <laughs> this is baseline you know and sometimes baseline you're gonna dip mm -hmm. and then sometimes you're gonna hit it and then sometimes you're gonna be up yeah but that's life like right. that's just life and so the way I see it is like if you're here baseline but your normal was more up here then what do we need to do to kind of help you get back up here because baseline is just it's just um, a measure of where you are today doesn't mean that you have to be there forever I mean I truly believe that you yeah. know like in my own my own self like I have days where this is baseline and I'm like eh. 
you know, and I'm just like tapping it up here. I'm like, what do I need to do daily to kind of be, you know, living on a, a nine versus a, a six? And um, that's kind of like life coaching. That's kind of like, you know, motivational stuff, but behavior change. But I'm, I, there's hope for everybody. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced anybody, you know, if, if you want your life to be different, if you want to grow, if you want to change, if you want your marriage to be better, you want to be a better parent, like there, you can always do those things. You just have to be open right. to trying new things yeah. because, um, my clinical supervisor used to always say, and let me get this right. He would say different isn't always better, but better is usually different. And what that means is you're going to have to try a lot of different things before you get to your better. Mm -hmm. And if you find yourself feeling better, then chances are from that baseline, you're now doing things differently. Right. But what works for you may not work for me. Yeah. So it's it's really about just joining with that soldier or airman and like, okay, what what does better, what do you want your better to be? You know, how do you define that? Right. Because how I define it is going to be different how you define mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, and then helping you get there. So, yeah, I love this. I mean, I love, I love what I do. It's pretty incredible. I get this job. I'm <laughs> I, I, I think one thing I really like about y'all shop up there is, is you know, you can go to the VA or whatever, and um, you can go talk to the behavioral health folks up there. And usually you go talk to them, and, you know, they got to wait and get a referral out because what your issues are might not be what you think your issues are oh, yeah. a lot of times, right? But with the way y'all are set up with service member, family care, and all that right there, I mean, y'all have resiliency folks mm -hmm. on staff. You have employment people. You have fitness folks all there that's, that you can touch. Mm -hmm. Super easy. If I walk in and I'm telling you, listen, I'm depressed. I got this going on. I can't pass a PP test. Right. Right. I don't have to wait for anything. You can say, hey, I can walk you down here and yep. we can go talk to mm -hmm. our fitness folks or we can go talk to our money people if you're having right. financial issues. So yep. it's y'all have this very nice, neat little yep. network. Yep. All of y'all are kind of the, you know. Right. Pieces. It's very cool. It's uh, very cool. Um, do, you, do you think there's... Um, because you've been doing this for a while, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, and you've obviously seen a fair amount of mm -hmm. military folks. And do you see any kind of repeat offenders? <laughs> and not the, not no, the individual themselves. but mean, like the, repeat, repeat issues? The, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's you know, got to be trends or possibly sure. trends. Well, I will say that um, as, as, like, missions have changed and deployment has changed, what we see has changed. Um, so right now... If I look back over the past, you know, two years, um, and I think maybe because I've been around a little bit longer, so I see a lot of soldiers that are getting ready to retire, mm -hmm. and a lot of them are still young enough that they could go on and have a second career, but they don't know what they want to do, and there's a lot of, well, I'm, I'm like, the excitement of I'm retiring out, I'm going to be done, I'm going to get my, you know, I'm doing all this stuff, but... At the same time, like their their wives are like, "What's he gonna do?" Because I don't know if I could be home with him. And I'm like, "I get it, you know. I don't think I could be home with your husband either." Um, so it's kind of like this, you know. So I'm talking to a lot more soldiers that are getting ready to retire, and not in a way that they have issues, like clinical issues. More about like it's just a new chapter in their life, mm -hmm. and it's they've been doing this military thing for so long. It's like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? You know, and so we're just kind of talking about redefining your life at midlife, you know, taking your skill set or some, I mean, seriously, some of these folks are young, you know. Sounds like it's time for a Corvette. Maybe. Right? Yeah, a, a nice Corvette. Boat. A boat, yeah. Corvette. Just don't divorce your wives and go like, don't do any of that. Yeah, no, let's not, let's not have any impulsive, like impulsive behaviors. Um, but I see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying. I haven't come across that yet. So I see that kind of, you know, that shift. Um, I also see, you know, as every couple years, leadership shifts around and there's stress involved in that. So I, I talk to a lot of soldiers about the not knowing what their new leadership is going to be like or, um, you know, so things like that. Um, you know, we have a lot more. I don't know if it's I'm getting older, but I guess it's just the, the sign of the ch times is our soldiers now that are coming in are millennials and they're very different. I'm a Gen Xer. And so how I learn and how I take in information and how I do things very different than what they do. Um, and so just learning how to reach them and get them what they need. There's a different mentality on how quickly things should happen and what, you know, there's, so there's a lot of expectation management going on with in the military when we have these younger new soldiers coming in. But I think that's just, 
that happens every time. That's nothing new. It's mm -hmm. just the generations have it's shifted. Cycles. Yeah, it cycles. Um, and then, you know, of course, there's always going to be those incidents where we have, unfortunately, um, a death or suicide and how that impacts units and how that impacts the guard. Um, that's not going to go away. You know, we want to see that trend go down, but there, that's going to be there. But that's going to be out in the general public, too. And I think within the guard, we're such a close-knit group, um, like we're family, and I didn't really get that either when I started working here. I was like, I got family. I don't need any more family. But this place has becomes like part of you. And um, so I think there's, you know, you do start to see things a little bit differently. But also from a clinical perspective, too. So you're, you're looking at the trends. You're looking at the climate. You're, look, you're talking to soldiers. You're talking to, you know, um, NCOs. You're talking to junior leadership. And everybody has an idea of, so you're kind of like this, you're this person who's brought in and, and, and I, this is what I tell the team is, you know, our job isn't to like fix it. It's, it's more to be like this process observer and kind of put the pieces together as to what's going on in the system and just be not, not have a side, but just work for the work for the good of the group. Um, and to kind of, but you're going to have those outliers that are, you know, unhappy and, yeah, yeah. you know, th but that's life. I mean, that's part of the bell yeah, curve. Yeah, it is. Total, yeah, yeah, yeah total bell curve. Side. Yeah. So, I mean, what else am I seeing? I'm always, oh, we'll always see relationship issues. I mean, as the day is long, yeah. around Thanksgiving is when they start to pop. Oh, yeah. Holidays. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else do we see? Uh, oh, we see kids, you know, acting out. Yeah. Not so much as when we were deploying more soldiers. So soldiers right. um we were dealing with a lot of and that makes sense because yeah. they miss their parents it's, and it's, tough. it's very yeah. tough um so what else i don't know are you guys noticing anything i should probably be asking you like are uh -oh. y'all noticing anything no that no everything everything's awesome in our world. <laughs> i'm not trying no no i mean like oh, no, in your no, roles no. here oh uh, yeah no, no no okay you know i think pretty much everything that you've hit like obviously relationships because um, we have a lot of dual military, so I think for them, it, they have a better understanding because they know exactly what's going on. They know the terminology and all that. So whenever you have um, relationships with people who may not have grown up in the military, like family members and stuff, they don't know anything about it, they kind of just go crazy because they, they're not used to it. And so yeah. talking about it, and I mean, um, having you guys around to be there, especially Yellow Ribbons, because... Yeah coming back from deployment, going on deployment, having them be there to listen to what you guys have to say, I know is super helpful because they don't know what they're getting themselves into, really. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, there's, it's fascinating. Yeah, there's always a lot of stuff. And, you know, the kid thing, I can I can relate mm -hmm. to that. Um, even just with some of the, you know, just missions, like the hurricanes and mm -hmm. stuff. Oh, yeah, that's um, a big one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a big one. Oh, yeah. I mean, how can we forget about that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean... My son, when he was younger, when I went through the 2015 mm -hmm. one or whatnot, uh, he would have been six-ish, mm -hmm. six, seven-ish. I don't know. He's roughly that. Um, <laughs> but it freaked him out because yeah. my wife's a nurse on top of that, so she had to go into the hospital. I was in here, so he went to stay, you yeah. know, grandma and grandpa with no parents around. And, you know, yeah. for all intents and purposes, his world around him was, sure. you know, falling apart. Right. Um, he's gotten, you know, better with it, but, you know, it's nice to know if I... Um, needed services beyond that if it was something that continued to struggle with you yeah. know could have could have came to y'all with it um one thing i always like to ask people to come here because y'all y'all everybody we talk to are like way above technically proficient in their job you know like <laughs> um, but no we do we do yeah. we have some really good technical folks uh -huh. and you know everybody usually has some experience under their belts mm -hmm. whatever but um, I always like to ask, because not everybody's going to immediately jump to come for our service type thing, whatever that service may be. And I always like to ask, you know, if I'm sitting at home, you know, type of thing, is there, are there tips or maybe questions I can ask myself to see if I really need to talk to somebody or, um, you know, is it worth it to talk to a family member first or is that yeah. sometimes a bad idea? I mean, yeah, yeah. What, what's some what's some home stuff I can do sure. if I think I need to yeah. start working at this? Well, sometimes um, that's a great question. That's a great question, by the way. Um, that's a really good question. And I'm thinking here, like, okay, well, there's a number of things you can do. And I think, honestly, it just depends on the soldier and how well they know themselves and how well aware they are of their thoughts, feelings, and actions. Because there's a lot of folks who, and I, I say this in a kind way, are in denial. Not like they mean to be in denial. They're not intentionally trying to, like, 
you're like, doesn't he see he's got this issue? <laughs> that you, like, you're like, don't you clear? Because he doesn't. Like, mm-hmm. there's denial is an actual clinical issue that a lot of soldiers are going to experience. So my tip for those people who are in denial, but people around them are really concerned, be that person that goes to that soldier and says, you know, I'm, I'm over the past couple of weeks, days, hours, I've noticed X, Y, and Z. You're not eating. You haven't showered. Um, you seem really low. You've lost weight. You know, say what it is that you're noticing and say, I'm concerned about you and your well-being. And just say it and then wait for the response. Um, don't bombard them with, okay, you need to call Lisa. You need to call the 800 number. You need to call the crisis line. Like, just be a human who is connecting with another human in that moment and just point out the behaviors that you're noticing and try really hard not to judge it. Try really hard not to judge it because that's really important. Um, And that's, you know, I like to say I'm as, you know, I I have my stuff, but I try really hard to not judge what somebody's going through because that makes it worse for that person, even if they're in denial. So if that person's in denial um, and they may not be aware that they're having these issues, but they're secluded at home, but yet they go to work, and somebody at work can notice, um, or somebody at drill can notice. And I really like how we have these check-ins now at drill. So, you know, a commander or somebody is going to notice and hopefully say something to that effect. We've gotten really good about that over the past couple years. And I mean, I don't know about everybody, but from what I hear, generally speaking, that those check-ins are, are going pretty well. Um, so yeah, if that person's in denial, be that person. That's kind. If if they say to you. Um, if they say to you, yeah, you know, I am, I haven't really felt like myself. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. And you can say, well, tell me more about that. Just as just say, well, tell me more. Tell me more. I mean, seriously, that is, you can just keep saying that until they have no, nothing more to say. Because you're getting a sense of what's going on in their life. Um, and then at that point, if you feel comfortable, then you can say, you know, I really care about you. I'm concerned about you, but this is not my area of expertise, but I know that the behavioral health specialist can help with this. Why don't we call them together? So then you can pick up the phone and call 800-681-2558. And you can say, hey, um, this is Specialist Erskine. I'm sitting here with a friend, soldier. You don't have to give their name. Um, I'm concerned about him or her, and I I don't know what to do next, but I would like some guidance. We'll call you back, and we'll help you help that soldier. Most of the time, I'm going to say to you, do you think he's comfortable with talking to me on the phone? Right. So then I take that <laughs> off of you. Right. You know, but I know that takes time and that takes energy, but that's really the best way to show somebody that you're invested and that you care. Um, so let's say you have a soldier who is very aware that they've got issues, and but yet they're, they're scared to go to somebody. Maybe they're at home and they know they've been drinking too much. They know they've been, they know they've been drinking has gone, has upticked, yeah. um, because maybe their moms have said something to them, or their girlfriends are getting into a lot of fights, and they're just trying to figure out what has changed, um, and they're just struggling. They're drinking too much. Um, I would t- I would say to that person, you know, think about how much your drinking has gone up, and are you triggered to drink? Is there something more going on underneath the surface that is triggering you to pick up the alcohol as a coping skill. That's the thing I would say to them. And if that soldier right now is listening and is saying, yeah, that kind of resonates with me a little bit, then call the 800 number. Call the 800 number and leave a message and we'll call you back. Go to whoever you're comfortable going to really is what it comes down to if you're that soldier at home and you're like, you know, that's me. Now, if you're a a soldier at home and your wife is like, you've changed, you know, you're a jerk, you're so angry. I'm, you know, she's calling me, telling right. me, which happens, which is fine. You know, yeah. that does happen, has happened over the years. Yeah. And the soldier's like, I'm not angry. It's you, you know. Then if, if you're invested in, you know, working on not being so angry, then call us as well. Um, but if people are pointing out to you, hey, you've changed a lot recently or you're a pretty normal guy, but all of a sudden you're not so normal. Or maybe these actions are getting in the way of daily functioning yeah. or daily life. And you, you recognize that, then just pick up the phone and call. If you know who your behavioral health specialist is in your area, in your region, you can reach out directly to them. Um, or you can always call 800-681-2558 and leave a message. And you honestly don't even have to tell us what's going on. You can just say, hey, this is Specialist Erskine. Can somebody call me back? I just need to talk. <laughs> and that's it. Like, right. You don't have to say anything more um, if you don't want to. That's so good. I'm trying to think if there's other – are there other kind of scenarios you can think of? No, I mean, I think that covers a pretty good baseline. <laughs> I think you can apply the, the drinking and the anger to 
you know, just general mm-hmm. life at home and, and changes anything from, you know, stopping to do, you know, maybe they're not doing chores around the house or maintenance and stuff like that like they used to or right. interacting with the family yeah. as much. They used to be outgoing, now they, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so I think that, that process kind of covers yeah. all that. Um, I think the denial one's obviously the hardest. Mm-hmm. And, it is the hardest. And, and I've, I've had some friends like that, and it's 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 hard enough to do that with regular folks, mm-hmm. and it's even harder to do it with military people mm-hmm. because we're generally we can, <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Stubborn. I mean, that's, yeah, a, good that's word. a good word. Yeah. We can be standoffish given the right opportunity. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, and so it's a little hard to yeah. ease them into that conversation oh, yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I will say, um, I do want to address that one, maybe that soldier out there that's very desperate and very isolated and very lonely and is kind of at their wit's end and is thinking, I'm done, like this is it, I'm, I'm just tired of this. Um, I would encourage that person to, if they're comfortable, to call the 800 number and talk to a counselor. Um, if they're comfortable, you know, walking into an emergency room at a hospital, do that. It takes a lot for a soldier to do that by themselves. Um, but there is, you know, there's the uh, suicide prevention lifeline, too, specifically for veterans and military members. So you can call and talk to somebody there as well. Um, and those are probably the ones that um, over the years, you know, some of them, like their wives will call and say, okay, we just took a gun out of his hand. He was at home, and I walked in, and I had a bullet. And I'm like, okay, um we're coming over and we're going to do something like, and I'll, you know, we kind of bring in like a, a really good safety um, network of trusted soldiers. And, you know, we, we have, I don't want to say that's like always the case because if, if she had walked into that and she called me, I'm going like, to call the, call the police, just call the police. But she was able to deescalate the situation. And then she called me and we kind of made a plan from there. Like what would help this soldier the most? Um, and it wasn't a quick, like, get him to the hospital, get him seen, get him his medication fixed. It takes time to really, for those cases, to really kind of resolve themselves. And the number one concern there is safety. You know, when somebody calls you and says that, you're like, get the guns out of the house, get them away, get the ammo out, remove anything that he can use to harm himself. And I say he because most of the soldiers over the years have been he. Yeah. Um, or airmen. So, but, you know, we want we don't want to lose a soldier, you know, ever. Um, but we, we get those calls too. And so it's, you never know, like you just never know what you're going to get when you pick up your phone and you never know when you return that 800 number call, like what it's going to be. And that's why we want all of our, all of our counselors to be seasoned and well experienced and have a good idea of what military culture is. So we're very picky about who we, (laughs) who we bring on and, and how we, and they stay, you know, most of our, our counselors really, um, enjoy working here and enjoy everything I've shared too, you know, and I wish they were here to, to, um, and I'm just going to say their names because I really want to give them a shout out. There's, um, <laughs> there's Jennifer Wolf and she's in the Rock Hill area. She's phenomenal. There's Jill Corrigan. She's down in Orangeburg and there's Ruth Ellis and she is like the Columbia area. There is Rudy Guajado. I hope I said his name right. Mm. Uh, he covers like Florence and some of the low country. We're actually looking for somebody in the Charleston area. We've, we, um, recently our, our person resigned in, for reasons. Um, so we're actually looking for a really good therapist down there. Um, we have Teresa and she is up in the Clemson armory. And then we have Michelle Evans, who's in the Spartanburg upstate area. And my role around, I, I truly kind of cover the tag building and like the campus around here. I don't go out as much as I used to. I mean, I'll still go to Newberry. I'll still go down to like the Northeast, like some, some Columbia. And I have some soldiers over the years that will like they'll come into town for meetings and I'll go meet with them and stuff just to kind of do like, I call them check-ins or yeah. like booster <laughs> sessions to kind of make sure everything's good. But, um, so yeah, our team is fabulous and I have to give Captain Alex Wright, he's the behavioral health officer. He's really great, really, really good, really good guy and soldier. And we're, we're just love working with them. And, um, all of the service member and family care staff is just great. And we do all work really well together with like, Okay, so, you know, like maybe somebody in health and wellness is talking to somebody who needs help with their PT, and they, they start talking to them, and they're like, you know, I really don't know what to do with your relationship issues, but, you know, Lisa's down the hall, so let's go find her. Right. Um, and so I'll be talking to that soldier, and it's like, oh, so you're stressed about finances, and your job well, isn't paying you enough, and you need more meaningful work. Well, let's go talk to somebody in employment. <laughs> so it's really like a, you know, 
and I think soldiers like that because we really do wrap our arms around them and and help them when they step up to help themselves. I think that's really important. Yeah. We can't help soldiers that don't want to help themselves. Right. Oh, yeah. You know. And then the more you send a soldier or an airman, any military person, if they have to go from one place to the next, like outside of the building, the chances of making <laughs> it to the next building is slim to none because mm-hmm. they'll talk themselves out of oh, it sure. before sure. they get there. When you got them all self-contained in one little area, you'll be like, ah, you got no choice. Right. We're going down here. <laughs> right. you know? right. And we're pretty good with direction. Yeah. We generally follow directions, so if we give yes. a direction from here to there, <laughs> Yeah, we're good it was like go. finding you guys in this building. I was like, I'm going to keep going. I'll keep going down, and I'll find them. I'll keep going. Yeah. I found you. Yeah, exactly. I found it. So. I'm not leaving until I get all my questions answered now that I'm here. Oh, there you go. Anyway. There you go. So, I mean, this is this has just been awesome information. Mm-hmm. Just well, good. Up now on side. Hopefully this becomes a regular thing yeah. for us. Bring me back. Let's yes, talk. Definitely. I have some great stuff I would like to talk about. Um, you know, just my next one. I have so many topics, and I would like to bring um, some guests with me, and they yeah. could, we could interview them, and they could share more. Or you could interview them. Or, yeah. So yeah. for our, our viewers and stuff out there, if y'all want to, you know, hear more stuff and get into some specialized uh, topics, you know, let us know on YouTube. You know, leave us some comments and stuff. And yeah, obviously, we have an excellent resource for it here. Um, <laughs> you know, and yeah, we can we can move on and, and do more great things. With this has been so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, yes, it was. Thanks for coming in. It was okay. good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. Thank you. So I'm so glad that we had Lisa come in. She had a lot of really good information. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome stuff. Yeah. I mean. Definitely a lot of topics that we can have her come back in, talk about, and bring her staff and everybody from over at the Armory to come and give us some tips and resources for all of those different things that they offer. Yeah, and for you folks out there listening and uh, watching on YouTube, you know, feel free to leave a comment on some topics. Maybe you'd like to see her come in and or bring some, help bring somebody in to talk about. Um, I mean, yeah, I think that would be great. I think it would be great. Well, I'm Specialist Chelsea Baker. And I'm Specialist David Ersk. And we'll catch you in the next episode.